Probably many of you know today's my last day here at St. Anne's. As I'm kind of thinking about my last day here, I'm thinking also about my first day here at St. Anne's. Some of you might know this story already. I get here fresh out of school. I begin on August the 1st. It's the feast day of St. Alphonsus Liguri. He's my favorite saint. But I wasn't assigned to Mass that morning, but Father Castle, he's like, well, you know what? You know, it's your first day. Why don't you take the Mass? I was like, you bet. And, you know, this is why I'm here. I'm here to celebrate the Mass. And so, you know, I, you know 8 o'clock, I'm going to, it's going to be great. So that night I get, a, you know, get to bed at a reasonable hour, and I get an excellent night of sleep. I wake up, and I'm like, I'm just feeling refreshed. Like, I'm good to go. Like, this is, this is awesome. I'm feeling it today. Totally refreshed. And I see the sun is bright and shiny. It's like, oh, man, even weather came out for the great day of today. But I kind of took a second look at the window, and I realized there's something extra bright doesn't seem like the sun should be shining quite so brightly. So I looked at the clock, and I had three minutes to get to Mass. <laughs> so I rolled over and went back to sleep. That was the only time I missed Mass. Can you believe that? My first. I'd like to offer a word of apology. I am a priest for your benefit, but first off, I am a Christian for my own benefit uh, because I am a sinner. I need divine mercy. I need forgiveness. And I also feel that there may have been times where I have sinned against you all as well. So I ask for your pardon. Usually I try to you know, ask for forgiveness as soon as I mess up. But in case I have not, I am sorry. If I have offended you, if I have ignored you, if I have procrastinated in serving you, or spoken sharply to you, I am sorry for that. And I ask for your, your forgiveness. A word of thanks. Many of you have welcomed me into your homes and welcomed me into your families in different ways. Many of you have shared your life with me and the many trials and blessings of your life. And I thank you for that. I thank you for your compassion. I thank you for your many kindnesses. I also thank God for the great opportunity of being able to serve you. It's the great privilege of my life. I have witnessed, excuse me, I have witnessed the marriage vows of your couples. I have poured the saving waters of baptism on the heads of your children. I have brought the Lord's healing touch by anointing the forehead and the palms of our sick brothers and sisters. I've been able to be with you, to mourn with you, as I bury your loved ones with you. We've broken bread together in different circumstances, uh, and most especially here at the altar of the Lord's Supper. Uh, we kind of made it through COVID-19 together, still kind of making it out, so that's kind of memorable enough also. But I am just wonderfully thankful to the Lord for allowing me to be here. Thankful to the, both of the pastors that have been here. Thank you for the bishop for letting me be here, for assigning me here. Goodness gracious, so thankful. This has been a great month of Thanksgiving. Just so much thanks I have. A word of hope personal hope for, for you, for me as well. I don't use the phrase very often, but I feel like kind of just a general theme of my, my preaching is that we are authentic Christians, earnest. Christians in earnest. So earnesty, earnestness. To really, truly live the faith that we profess in Jesus Christ. 
And this last year, St. John Henry Newman has been a big influence in my life. I just really loved reading some of his sermons, some of his thoughts. He asked the question, how do we know if we are living lives of Christian earnestness? It's like, it seems like there's just got to be a proof, there's got to be a sign, there's got to be some real indication that we're doing it or not doing it. <laughs> how do I really know if I have real faith as opposed to faith that is there by habit, faith that is there simply because my family goes to church, my friends are Catholic, because it's conducive to my lifestyle or my values. It just, it's just comfortable. You know, if we were in pagan territory or like in a heathen land, like it would be super clear. You know, there's the sign right there. That's the test. Because, you know, as one would profess their faith, well, you, you risk your life. Thanks be to God, in many ways we don't have that risk here. Not to say that some family members, some coworkers, will really put that test to us, that they will you know, pressure us to fall out of obedience to Christ our God. But again, thanks be to God, that's not us so, so often. Sometimes it is. I think that gives a little clue to the fact that even us, we, there is a real sign of our Christian earnestness. Jesus in today's gospel offers us a real declaration of our earnestness or of our worthiness of the gospel. He says, whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Elsewhere he declares, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So brothers and sisters, those who are earnest will practice self-denial. And so the real quote of St. John Henry Newman that's really been, been kind, of a, kind of a real stark sign for me, a little big quote for me is, the test of Christian earnestness is in self-denial. So that's my final request. That's my final parting words. Please take up the cross. Be a Christian in earnest. Practice self-denial. That's the proof of being a Christian in true faith. might seem intimidating, and you know, it kind of is. But let's not ignore that the cross isn't so bad, though, either. We're not the first one to follow it, to lift it upon our shoulders. The cross is grace. The cross is salvation. You know, if you have ever known someone who's really taken up the cross on their shoulders and it's a heavy burden, but they have remained faithful to the Lord in that, you have seen the beauty, the real shining beauty of the cross. The world will have its shininess and splendor, at least while the earth remains, this world remains, but when this world does fall away and the eternal realities are made clear and visible, those with crosses on their backs who freely and willingly accept that, they will, they will be the stars in that dark sky. They'll shine brighter. They'll be like sparks flashing through stubble. We're probably not going to be called to take up the cross in big things, and that's okay. But let's instead really just focus on the little moments of self-denial, the little sacrifices, the holding of the tongue, 
the moments where we don't get our way and just accepting that as all right. The carving out of time for prayer with the God who is going to be there on the last day. The leaving aside, casting out of thoughts that do not line up with the gospel. This is just the little ways, just the little ways that we can be real Christians in earnestness, be truly authentic Christians. Even when no one's looking, we're called to that obedience, and that's where the true test is. I have no plans of being a stranger here at St. Anne's. I do also know how easy it is to kind of get pulled into a community and and, uh, sucked in there. But yet, I don't plan on being a stranger very much. I hope my number is in Father Matt's speed dial on his cell phone there, so when he needs an assistant or a substitute priest, he knows where to find me, or just different things. I'm sure I'll bump into y'all here and there in the other places. I want to hear about you. I want my heart to be very warmed when I hear about, oh, yeah, those parishioners there at St. Anne's. They're Christians in the little things. They take up their cross in just little ways. The people who are closest to them are God's little ones. That's, that's the way it is with saints. You and I are probably not called to be great big saints and doing great big things. I don't know of many who are. But let's be saints in the little things. Think about it. Which is more beautiful, the day when there's one big star or the nighttime when there's a ton of beautiful small little stars? That's where the real awe and majesty and wonder is. So be saints in the small things. May we all be called saints. I have to share a memory also. Uh, at, I wasn't there that day. I heard about this secondhand. But one day we had a school mass. It was All Saints Day, and the bishop was saying, or asking, who's your favorite saint? And, you know, the one little kid, I mean, probably a bunch of hands went up, but the bishop called on one kid, who's your favorite saint, little guy? Father Sean. <laughs> so that kid got like five bonus points for calling me a saint, and he also gets five bonus points for calling me a saint in front of the bishop. <laughs> Now, may we be saints together, and may we be hidden saints, where no one knows our holiness, where no one knows our, our sanctity. And the only way that people are going to get a taste of anything that's different is that unique peace and joy that only, only can come through freely, willingly, joyfully accepting God's plans as taught by the church, the plans of Jesus Christ, the little ways. Even though it might inconvenience us, it's really joy and peace. That's maybe the only way that the world is going to know that we're God's little saints. Do pray for me. Please do. It's ugly if no one's praying for me. It's not going to be a pretty picture. I'm a man in need. May we share in this fellowship of the Holy Trinity that we have already shared in, most especially in the Divine Eucharist, most especially in the way of charity, for God is love. And in conclusion, I ask that you please join me in praying our great prayer of praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you all.